This is your Week in Gaming, episode 32, recorded for the 9th of February 2024, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, we talk CD Projekt Red New Hires, Sony Investment in Carry First, PlayStation State of Play, and Strawberry Scented Thermal. Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 32 of your week in gaming. It's February. <laughs> yes, sir. We are already in the second month of the year and it's just like you blink and, you know, next week is Valentine's. You blink, it's March. It's going to be June. It's going to be summer sales. Okay, stop wishing my life away, again, Andrew. Di- <laughs> <laughs> Let it's me enjoy crazy, this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined this week uh, as usual by my co-host, Samantha. Hello. It's a. Uh, it's been a crazy two weeks. Uh, yeah. Eventful. Um. But crazy. Yeah, a little bit disappointed. We we've been trying so hard to like keep the momentum and make sure that we get an episode out every single week. And unfortunately, last week things just got a little bit out of control. But we're back. So hey, we got that. We you know we got that tenacity in us. So excited to be uh, hitting on some of the news topics again this week. Yeah, it's uh, it feels good to be back, and uh, I do have an accomplishment though from this last week. I bought a Lego set in December. Is that um, an accomplishment? I bought the or is Lord that of the Rings. It <laughs> was an accomplishment. So I bought this Lego set in December, and I finally finished it. It is the Rivendell Lego set. It's like seven and a half thousand pieces. It is huge, and I finally finished it, and it looks super super pretty i'm super happy with it it's on display already i'm uh I'm, I'm super happy and the other nerd in me is like oh my word there's still more lego that's coming out this year which i'm super stoked for so the question i have is was it 18 plus i actually don't know <laughs> i need to have a look at the box i need to have a look at the box because uh, I, I had to bring I that up because we spoke be about it a couple plus. weeks ago so yeah. i thought it was <laughs> it, it there was pieces i'm pretty sure it was 18 plus well, what right, I was doing was like cleaning dust off of all of my Funko Pops and books and stuff because we've had builders in the house who were like breaking down walls and stuff. And there is dust everywhere. It is all over all of my figurines, everything that I own. So I have been meticulously wiping away dust and Mr. Minning the shelves and making sure everything's nice and clean. Bedroom is like screwed, right? But the figurines... <laughs> <laughs> they must survive. We, we can at least see where Sam's priorities lie. Bed where I sleep? Nah. Where all my gaming and merchandise and everything is? Yes, very important. <laughs> gaming news now. CD Projekt Red has hired five industry veterans in the gaming industry to work on the Cyberpunk 2077 sequel. Leaks have come out that the sequel, Codename Orion, is still in early production but could feature a cross crafting system and open world events. The new hires are Dan uh, Hernberg as executive producer, who was a former lead pro- uh, project manager at Blizzard, uh, Ryan Barnard as design director, a former game uh, director at Ubisoft, Alan uh, Villani as engineering director. He was the old VP of technology for multiple Warner Brother games, including Mortal Kombat. Um, Anna McGill as lead writer, former uh, writer on numerous games, including Control and Avatar Frontier of Pandora as well as Alexander Freed as a, a writer. Um, this is a, a novelist, a comic book writer, and game writer with credits including Star Wars The Old Republic. So it's quite a group of vets that they've started to add to their already big 
an impressive group of people. So GG CD Projekt Red, and uh, hopefully this launch, whenever this game does come out, is a lot better than your initial launch. That, so I was just going to say that. I love that after the absolute disaster that was the original or the initial Cyberpunk launch, they have gone so far above and beyond. I think that CDPR was also one of the, the companies that had a couple of layoffs recently, if I'm not mistaken. I could be talking like complete nonsense here, but so many companies have been doing it. Please forgive me if I mm. am incorrect. But um, it's great to see that they're bringing on some of these veterans to ensure that the game is going to be a success or at least try you know, their very best to. And obviously they're still working on uh, the new Witcher series of games. So I'm sure that these hires will, will come in handy for that as well. So this is really exciting. And, and like you said, right, some serious veterans to bring on board to really just kind of bump up that quality a little bit more. I think it's going to be really dope. I still haven't played Cyberpunk and I want to, but... I love that the next one looks like it's going to have a, a bit of a better kickoff than the first one did. Yeah, look, Cyberpunk as it is right now is very playable. It's the the bugs and things that people had. I never really had any of the bugs when I first played it back in like 2020 when it was released. Um, I was one of those fortunes that didn't have. But I mean, even playing the game now with all those big uh, patches that they've added, the uh, the DLC, my wife has played it. It is a very flush and clean game now. It's it runs superbly. It's it's if you haven't had a chance to play it, I would highly recommend you give it a try now. It is very much a playable game now. It's the story is is amazing. The world is very involved and and gets around like you get very invested in the world around you with the NPCs and stuff. So if you're looking for something to play, Cyberpunk 2077 right now, super worth it. Really exciting news for the African continent as a whole, and therefore by extension us. Um, Carrie first, and you guys should recognize that name if for no other reason than I talk about them all the time because of what they've done for the Valorant scene in South Africa. But they were the ones who brought local servers to South Africa for Valorant. And they've done a lot of other stuff. They've worked a lot in mobile gaming uh, and bringing those into Africa as well. They work all throughout the continent. Uh, they work really, really hard to you know increase gaming and, and um, make gaming in Africa really special. And they have now partnered with Sony the Sony Innovation Fund, they are getting funding from Sony to increase the gaming industry in South Africa and, or rather, in the entirety of Africa, right? And they actually said that it is their first investment in Africa. So Antonio Avitabile, the managing director for uh, EMEA, was saying, yeah, obviously, EMEA, uh, for those that don't know, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So Europe and Middle East covered. This is the first time that they're venturing into Africa. Uh, and, and I think this is really, really exciting for us. They had some stats for us as well, where they talk about how Africa's gaming industry has over 200 million unique players and is set to reach a market size of over a billion dollars in 2024. And this is from data that was... Uh, Pulled together by Nuzu and Carry First, which clearly, I mean, they presented that to Sony and said, look, look at the market, come and invest in us. So this is really, really cool. It's really exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. You know, obviously, uh, console is, it's a bit of a tough one. It's not as prominent because consoles are quite pricey, obviously, but it's still a forerunner 
in terms of the gaming community in Africa. So I think that this is going to be a massive partnership that's going to help the African scene in general. And hopefully more devs and more people internationally will start to notice that there is a community here. There are gamers that are passionate, that want to play, that want to be involved. And hopefully we'll start getting more servers for stuff. So this is really cool. I'm excited. I'm always excited for when game companies, uh, publish houses, or anybody wants to get involved in gaming, especially at like the grassroots uh, level where people, whether it's mobile gaming or any form of gaming, really. So this kind of investment from Sony isn't a small investment at all. It's it's quite a, a, a massive um, investment that they're throwing into it. And I'm I'm excited for it. Anything that involves gaming where it gets more people exposed to the good that it can do and all the good things that can come along with gaming, um, I'm 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 all for it. It brings a lot of people together. It brings a lot of people that might not um like socially want to expose themselves out to 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 people. It's a way that people can express themselves. It's a way, it's a form of escapism for a lot of people. So you know this kind of investment. Kudos to you, Sony, to you know for taking this 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 jump. And it is a risk. Let's be honest. You know oh, yeah. any sort of like these types types of investments, it is a risk. But they're willing to take that kind of risk in a place like Africa that is in in terms of like the the economy. It is growing. It is becoming. It it is in very slow and in some places like a lot slower, especially Central Africa, where it is taking a little bit longer to get there. But in time, and I think these kinds of investments will get more people and more companies potentially to help, shall we say, expedite the yeah. uh, the fourth industrial revolution uh, through into to to Africa. I just love this because I think that younger me, right, me from. 15 years ago me from 10 years ago even me from five years ago you look at like shut up andrew (laughs) we're like the same age you're older than me all right relax yourself um like a month whatever anyway (laughs) but think about it right think back did you ever see a world where africa at least in your lifetime would be able to be on the same level internationally for gaming even oh. now, it exactly, and even now it seems like, like a little bit out of reach. But all of these small steps just keep bringing it closer and closer, and that really excites me. So, big shout out to Carrie first. Like, thank you for believing in the potential of Africa. You guys are rock stars. Yeah, and a big shout out to Sony for dumping a lot of money into this as well. Oh yeah. Some games just never look like they're going to be losing, you know, these early access tags. But there are three games that are going to be dropping their these tags this year. Hellcard, the deck building co-op roguelike that allows players to pick like three heroes from four different classes, is planning to leave early access. It's currently on Steam at a steal if you're really wanting to to, to pick. Technically, we have Moonbreaker, which brings a miniature tabletop gaming to life by allowing players to paint up their own miniature army and then ram them into grueling boss fight gauntlets, sword first, obviously. Um, And also, you can pick this up on Steam for like 25% off. Um, Lastly, Satisfactory, a game that's been in early access for about just over five years, uh, will also be leaving early access, but this year, we're not 100% certain of the date just yet, but uh, the company behind the game, Coffee Stain, has said it will be this year. It's, it's, it's super exciting to see games 
finally get that patch 1.0 and yes. leaving that early access tag behind because there's just some games that just don't seem to be doing it. And I'm looking at you, Escape from Tarkov. <laughs> Phasmophobia. <laughs> <laughs> looking at you guys, you guys have still got your early access tags. And stuff. I, I, I understand the testing and all of that. But like some games just feel like they just never lose that tag. But here, three games that are going to be doing it. I mean, they're not like AAA devs by any means, but a lot of these games are really cool. Uh, I will be talking a little bit about Satisfactory a little bit later on, but it's it, it's just nice to know that games are moving forward and these companies are making money in order to make that leap forward as well. So I I prefer games that go into early access over games that just straight up launch. And that's because, I'm going to be completely honest about this, it has to do with the price tag. Um, look, games like Baldur's Gate, where they were like, this is the price, early access or not, this is the price. And fair enough, Baldur's Gate, I mean, it comes from um, a really solid studio. It was always going to be a big hype game. There was always going to be a lot of like uh, excitement and whatever around it. So yeah, fair enough, makes sense. But for a lot of games... I mean, a great example from for me personally, right? There was a game that was on early access called Coral Island, which is kind of like a, a Stardew Valley-esque game. It's got slightly, you know, much better graphics. It's not the pixel take. Um, so you, you run your farm, but there's also like an ecological twist to it. You're on an island and there was a, an oil spill. So you're cleaning the island and you're, you know, trying to get your town's rank up so that tourism will pick up and et cetera, et cetera. And it's really, really cool. And I picked it up in early access shortly after its Kickstarter ended for, I believe it was 220 Rand. The game now, 1.0 point whatever, is 530 Rand. And it's not that big of a leap, but for some of us it is and it makes a big difference so i really want to encourage people to look at early access games because you can find some really exceptional games in that category no it might not win game of the year it might not be one of these like big massive games that everybody talks about but they're fun and you know these three games that are just coming out of early access now well you might have missed your window but i really want to encourage people to look at early access games more because there's so many gems there that are a ton of fun to play and you can pick them up at an absolute deal. But it is exciting that games are finally leaving their early access, finally kind of taking those first steps into fledgling gamehood and you know becoming their own <laughs> thing. It's really cool. I like that. I love that. I want to I want to see more games have early access but more games actually finish development and go on to become actual games. Yeah. Spread your wings and fly. Venture into patch 1.0, please. We have seven big new games launching in February. Uh, this is uh, across consoles. And, well, by this point, three of them will have already launched. Unfortunately, we were going to talk about this last week. Uh, then life happened. But there are still some games that are upcoming that are yet to launch that people can be excited for. So I'm first going to name the seven and their dates, and then we can kind of deep dive a little bit. So... Uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, that launched February 2nd last week. There was a lot of uh, talk around that game, so definitely go check that one out. Persona 3 Reload, also February 2nd, same day. Helldivers 2 will have launched yesterday as at time of release. Uh, what better way to say I love you than Tomb Raider 1-3 to Remaster coming out on Valentine's Day. Mario vs. Donkey Kong releasing on 16th Feb alongside Skull and Bones, uh, the potential rival to um, 
Sea of Thieves. I nearly lost the name there. That would have been terrible. And finally, on the 29th of February, last day of the month, it will be Final Fantasy VIII Rebirth. Okay. So the ones that I really wanted to just kind of talk about a little bit here. Um, obviously, Suicide Squad, one of the popular ones. Uh, I think a lot of people have been really excited for that. That's coming out on basically every console except Switch, unlucky, and only on new gen. Sucks to be old gen people. Uh, and of course, it's coming out on PC as well. It's set in the same universe as the Arkham games. You play as the members of the eponymous teams, uh, team of bad guys who unite to save the world, but they've got a chip in their head and they mis if they misbehave, they get killed. You know, standard stuff. Uh, but it looks really fun. So it's designed to be played in co-op as well. So grab your friends, get together and play it out. Uh, Persona 3 feels very doki-doki to me, but I got yelled at when I said that. Um, so I won't say it a third time uh, there is some combat and stuff involved in there but very kind of anime vibes check, check that out if you haven't already hell divers is a big one originally launched in 2015 became an absolute cult hit and players have been waiting years for hell divers 2 so that finally coming out i think is really really exciting for a lot of people I'm not going to talk too much about tomb raider that's pretty self-explanatory but that is coming out on old gen as well so ps4 xbox uh, one people fret not you are able to get that remaster switch unfortunately y'all aren't included in that one mario versus donkey kong i saw you were, you were looking pretty excited about that one uh and i mean this is such a throwback to childhood days and childhood memories i mean even my, my nephews now are playing these kind of games as well. And they're like 10 and 4 respectively. So really cool. It's a remake of a 2004 game. So for us boomers, it really does hit the, the nostalgia itch. We're looking forward to that one coming out. Skull and Bones, we've spoken about that before. Uh, it had a little bit of kickback during its like beta early access-y vibe. So uh, we'll, we'll check in once it releases and see how people are feeling about it. Hopefully there's been some improvement there. And well, Final Fantasy. I mean, do do I need to say more about Final Fantasy? That's Final nah, Fantasy, but it's only on PS5, so sucks to be everyone else. Yeah, it uh, it does suck, but I mean, Final Fantasy is one of those franchises that's kind of got like this cult following, right? The people that love Final Fantasy love Final Fantasy, right? So no issue with that. If you've never played a Persona game, uh, the first Persona game I actually ended up playing was Persona Five on the PS4. That was it, it's a very unique kind of game, very anime style in the way that the 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 game is drawn, the uh, the movie, the way it tells a story and everything. The combat is very like RPG style. If you think back to like, um, let me just use like things like Chrono Cross or mm. uh, Final Fantasy Seven, yeah, uh, yeah. Chrono Trigger, where it's like turn basey kind of thing. It's very much like that, and it. Persona games are always good. I've, I haven't heard many people moan about them. I haven't looked into Persona 3, in, you know, whatsoever. But from, you know, if it's anything like Persona 5 and my experience that I had playing that game and enjoying it, you know, it's going to be a, a, a banger. It really is. So it's been a while since I've had a promising playable, but I did mention one a little bit earlier. And it's one that I have been playing and... You know what? I feel a little bit more confident to come and tell you guys a little bit about this. I know that 
I've mentioned one or two in the past where I was like, you know what, guys, if you, you enjoyed The Last of Us, you should really try it. And then, like the PC launch was absolutely horrible. Um, Alan Wake was an absolute banger. It's um, I've just started playing it as well. It's really good. But I'll give you some feedback once I've actually finished it. But Satisfactory. Boy, what a fun game this is if you enjoy like managing production plants and things like that. So I've been playing this a lot with uh, some friends recently. Um, it's this first-person uh, open-world factory building game that is that has just the right amount of exploration and combat within it to make it not a stale factory simulator, right? So in this game, you can construct these massive factories across land by you know like just expanding wherever and like however you you want um at the end of the day you are an employee of fix it that's f-i-c-s-i-t um and you pretty much make use of the the uh, planet's resources uh however you see fit um you can explore and find new uh, raw materials i mean things like copper and iron and things are there there are also these other weird um once there's some radioactive material things as well so you can start using like radioactive you start doing nuclear power and things to power up your plants it's really cool um and you know you can go and do research into things you unlock multiple tiers of technology with this research um such as making vehicles jetpacks jump pads hyper tubes guns like these blades it's it's really really cool uh, you can automate your factory with these massive conveyor belt systems assemblers manufacturers and much more with you know collecting all these resources that uh you do it's all about minimalizing your manual labor at the end of the day uh the, the plants uh, that you well the planets that you can choose from are about 32 uh, 32,000 square kilometers. It's huge, right? It's it, it's really a big place. Square kilometers. 32,000 square Yerder. kilometers. Okay. It is it is really really huge it's and planets so like, that makes sense. Yeah, and it it's just it's it's just huge for you to go and explore and find things and then you you encounter all this aggressive wildlife and everything it's it's really really cool um the game is fun on your own but playing with friends i found is like it's just so much better especially if they all have the same mindset as you and if they have a similar building style to you so go check it out and grab it whilst you can at the low price that it currently is just uh because once it drops its little early access tag it might go up um and join the over 5 million people that are already playing the game i think they were at like 5.5 million sales over the last five years. Um, I've watched, you know, some content creators uh, playing this game and the things that people come up with. And I mean, there was this one guy I watched. He made, he was like, oh, I'm going to build a little train station to start helping getting things across, you know, the massive vast distances that he has. He's like, oh, I'm just going to make it simple. It looks extravagant. It's mind-blowing. And then you have some people that are just really chaotic builders and like, I'm just going to put the things that I need for this right here and I will sort out how it oh, gets Lord, to wherever me. it needs to afterwards. <laughs> and it's just, you just see these pipes and things like just all over the show and pumps all over the show. And it it can get very chaotic. And some people that have got like severe OCD will like freak out just seeing where everything is all over. Um, <laughs> I'm not like that. I like to have things in order. Uh, 
if if it's chaotic, it must just be chaotic there. But when it feeds into everything else, it has there has to be organization. He does not have any of that. But uh, yeah, satisfactory. Uh, update eight just released about a month or so ago. So if you're looking at getting something, I would have a look into this. It's uh, I picked it up on sale, like fifty percent off. It was 127 rand, or it was like 12 dollars or something. So if you're looking for something, you enjoy, you know, optimizing. There's a little bit of math involved, but all of that kind of stuff. If you're into it, I would definitely have a look at Satisfactory. So would you say you are a satisfied player? Would you I, say that I this game knew. is satisfactory? The game is very satisfying, that is for sure. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you see your miners pulling in and you see all this raw ore going into the foundries and being smelted down into ingots and stuff, and you're just watching it feed into everywhere and then eventually into storage crates so that you can go grab those finished items to then go and either send it up in your space station or to make things. Oh, it is it, it really and truly is like for people that have this kind of OCD or like enjoyed city skylines and stuff like that, it's it really is a satisfying game to play when you start seeing everything just come together. I have Pell World for that. So thanks. You have Pell World. I've got satisfactory. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys, that brings us to our special mentions. Uh, and this week, instead of special mentions, I mean, it's kind of more or less the same thing. We're going to do a little bit of a breakdown of what happened at the PlayStation State of Play. Again, this was two weeks ago. We had planned this on our docket for last week, but we felt like this was too important to just glance over, even though we'd kind of missed out on it last week. So we're just going to quickly cover a little bit uh, some of the announcements that were made at the time. So from Hideo Kojima comes two new bits of news that fans will no doubt be excited about. First up, the new Death Stranding game has been officially titled Death Stranding 2 on the Beach, and there is a new, expectedly lengthy trailer to go with it. Additionally, a new action espionage game is in the making for PlayStation, but not much more is known at this stage. Rise of the Ronin is released on March 22nd with Team Ninja giving us like this awesome showcase of the hub world of Yokohama. One-on-one sword combat with a parry system, a look at weapons and options for traversing the world, and much more. The game will also feature a character relationship development based on your actions in the game, which you can make each playthrough unique. Rumors around an Until Dawn remaster are true! Yay! Sometimes the rumors are actually true. Uh, we can expect the re release for PlayStation and PC later in 2024. Until Dawn, played on the PS4. Really, really good game. Spoopy game. Loved it. No, thank you. Shift... <laughs> Shift Up gave a deep dive into the upcoming game, Stellar Blade, set to release on 26th of April. Uh, the game takes place on an apocalyptic Earth where mysterious enemies have forced humans to flee to a colony. Our protagonist, Eve, works with her friends to destroy mech-like enemies as well as hostile survivors. Kind of like it. Sounds good. Uh, another one for the um, nostalgia in us. Sega have revealed a Sonic X Shadow Generations, which is an enhanced remaster of Sonic Generations with new content featuring Shadow the Hedgehog. The teaser trailer showed the same levels we saw in the original Sonic Generations from 2011, as well as new levels where Shadow takes the lead. It's coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One and Series XS, Nintendo Switch, and PC 
in autumn or spring 2024. That's a end of the year kind of things if you're looking for it. All right. Bioshock creator Ken Levine dropped a full trainer for upcoming game Judas, and it looks like something Bioshock fans will be able to get behind. A colorful dystopian game with full person, or sorry, with at least first person combat. Full person combat, possibly. Probably. I am only <laughs> fighting half of you today. <laughs> only half of me came into work today. <laughs> God, don't, don't you just feel like that on a Monday? Just only half of me showed up to work today, guys. I feel like half of me showed up at work today. I felt like the other, like the brain and everything was still trying to sleep and catch up. <laughs> uh, v Rising is reportedly coming to PlayStation this year. It's currently in early access and available on Steam to download for 130 bucks. Folks, get in there. And it has some really great reviews. So before it launches, before the price goes up to like 500 bucks, grab it. If you're into vampires and survival games, this could be for you. We spoke about Zenless Zone Zero a couple of months ago, the latest game from Hoyoverse, who brought us Genshin Impact and Honkai Skorrel, and it is now announced to be coming to the PlayStation 5. Yeah! Dave the Diver is coming to PlayStation, and Godzilla is coming to Dave the Diver. That's it. That's the tweet. Crazy to think about Godzilla coming to Dave the Diver, but uh, super keen for that little crossover. That'll be cool. Metro Awakening VR brings the long-running series to virtual reality later this year. Uh, Awakening is set before the events of Metro 2033, and it will put players in the shoes of a doctor searching searching the Metro tunnels to find his wife. If you have ever played uh, Metro uh, Metro 2033 VR version, Super keen. Go give Sounds kind of spoopy, not going to lie. Oh, yeah. It could be. <laughs> uh, speaking of VR, Legendary Tales is a new PSVR 2 game coming from Urban Wolf Games. The first-person gameplay includes combat with magic, swords, hammers, bow and arrow, and more in a fantasy environment. This feels like VR D&D, which sounds kind of cool. But I have a question. So, <laughs> is it just me, or was this massively underwhelming for a PlayStation State of Play event. Like, I, I'm uh, disappointed, and I'm not even an avid PlayStation player. I mean, it, there's only so much that you can do in terms of development and stuff, right? I feel like at some stage, you're going to have a year that's going to be a little bit slightly more stagnant than the others to continuously release things bang after banger when you have a look at the industry where you know a lot of people have been you know losing their jobs and things like that i'm i'm perfectly fine it looks like you know there's still a lot that's coming out for playstation and this was just the state of the play i mean there were games that were announced last year that are going to be releasing this year and chances are next year is going to be a massive uh, year for for playstation so you know what looking at i'm quite happy there's a lot of things coming for it um there's you know there's remakes and stuff which people are you know always enjoy so you know what i'm 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 quite happy with it uh you know people hearing about death stranding 2 um after the hit that was death stranding it's uh i think i think people are going to be okay with it like that's our headline right so that's the big piece of news hideo kojima uh death stranding 2 plus one extra game coming out soon Woo! big excitement and then you have like remaster remaster game that already exists that's coming to ps5 remaster (laughs) 
it, it, I don't know. It just it felt really underwhelming. There's so few actual new games that have been announced, which makes me a little bit sad. Um, I felt like there could have been more, a little bit more meat to it. But yeah, I, I'm a PC gamer. What do I care? We're getting tons of new games. So <laughs> <laughs> there's, sucks there's to be plenty you. of games for us. It, it 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 does suck, I suppose, for the other uh, PlayStation players. But at the end of the day, you know, they do get things like. Uh, GTA 6 before PC and stuff. So, I mean, they've got those bragging rights, I guess. <laughs> Can you tell I'm not a fan? You not a fan of GTA? No. Sam? <laughs> and in this week's news, nobody cares about. Um, if there's anything cuter than pink thermal paste, uh, why not make it scented? So, a company called Mining Co. Limited announced recently that it's Newer strawberry scented extreme bugarisu CWTP EG4G non conductive thermal paste in Japan has been released and stuff. And uh, so, this Hiroshima based company has been making these in collaboration with Clockwork Tea Party or CWTP for about 980 yen for a four gram syringe, or it equates to about $7. Now, I don't know why you would want strawberry scented uh, thermal paste, especially since it's reportedly does not like leave its scent for long, but you could definitely have pink thermal paste, um, which is, which is cool, I guess, if you really want it. Um, it has resistance ranges of like minus 50 degrees to 220 degrees Celsius. And the packaging is, <clears throat> Kawaii. So Why do you pronounce you, you that like Hawaii? More, Tom... <laughs> <laughs> Don't really care, which is why I went for. <clears throat> so, if you... oh, the weave in so me if you is want to find out dying. more, <laughs> I know I've probably hurt a lot of other weaves by doing that as well, which was the intention. But I mean, if you go have a look at the packaging, it really does. It's got like this floral design. It's very pink. It's and it looks cool, right? I, I don't understand the point of having this, this strawberry-scented thermal paste at all. But the fact that you can have it, I suppose, I mean, if you can have it, why not? Um, but if you want to find out more, Tom's Hardware has uh, more details on this. But the question is, um, if you could get it, would you? I have never bought thermal paste in my life. So, yes. Wow. Because it's anime-based. Yes, I would absolutely buy this. <laughs> It, you should you, you should actually just have a look at the packaging. It, it I, I am like looking at it. It this, is very uh, cute. There's this anime girl or design or whatever on it as well. It's it's super like unique uh, design for thermal paste, and it's uh, I mean again it's strawberry scented. So it'll be nice. You pop off the cap. You're like, oh, strawberry scented instead of just like this thermal paste smell, which I suppose it's got like its own smell at least now it's it's strawberry scented for at least a moment before you apply it your cpu cooler goes onto it or your water cooling goes onto it or whatever cooler radiator goes on top of it and then the smell's going to basically be gone but i mean again it's pink thermal paste so like if i suppose when it comes to gamers if not why not you know yeah i'm still trying to wrap my head around that one that's um that's <laughs> that's interesting you know what maybe there's somebody who like you know, you get people that collect stamps. Maybe people collect thermal paste. Yeah. Or just like the weebs out there that oh, are like, definitely. You just want buy the that, packaging. put it on a shelf. Yep, there you go. Just, you know, add I'd, to I'd the... I'd buy like two syringes. Just to put it on a shelf. I'd buy two. 
One to smell and one, one to put to on the shelf. As like a little memento. <laughs> and one that I would actually use. But, but who knows? It. Like maybe maybe if your PC runs really hot, then like the scent is activated again or something. I don't know. Maybe there's like a uh, who, who knows? <laughs> the fact that people are wanting to go and do this kind of thing, I don't want to even know the process that somebody has to go through to make this in any shape, way, or form, or how they make it, like, come up with it. Yeah, like, who who had that brainwave? Clearly, they were sitting around a boardroom table, and somebody said, we need to make sure that our thermal paste is scented. And that's clearly what people did. Takes all kinds. (laughs) It really does. Well, that about rounds up on using gaming this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 32 of your Week in Gaming. You can find us on socials at YWRG Podcast and by email to weekendgamingpodcast at gmail.com. I am Andrew, and you can find me at my name is Pengu. I'm Sam, and you can find me at Nari Mizuki. I also stream, so come watch. Yeah, she does giveaways and things. So like, I do. I gave, I gave away you a $50 gift card today. So I'm just saying, like, y'all need to come watch me. You might win some stuff. Exactly. Go there for the free stuff, if anything. Our next episode will be out on Friday, the 16th of February, 2024 at 7am GMT Plus 2 and across all major podcast platforms. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.